It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch Race Fans, presented by Joe's Carding and Council Bluffs, online at joescarding.com. Fast-paced, white-knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Carding today. Do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. And uh, Dirk, uh, looks like uh, Joe's Carding released some new hours of operation. Uh, they kind of do that from time to time as the uh, season change and, and most of their clientele go back to school with the younger ones going back to school, so... Monday through Thursday, 2 to 10, Fridays, 2 to 11, Saturdays, 11 to 11, and Sundays, noon to 8. You can find that on the Joe's Carding Facebook page. Uh, it's the latest post. They posted it at uh, 2 o'clock on Wednesday, so shouldn't have any trouble finding that. And the Slick Track Oval is going to be making its return. The leagues kick back up again in October, so uh, join that. That was a lot of fun. Excuse me. A lot of fun. And the next slick track opportunity you're going to be able to have is going to be Tuesday. Let's see the second Tuesday of the month. So that's going to be Tuesday, September 14th. So that's the next time they're going to be doing that. Joe's carting slick oval. That's a lot of fun to do that too. <laughs> yeah, that's what Tracy Weber thought. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a flag man. No, that's not true. He's pretty damn good on those things. Uh, all right. So not a lot to talk about today. Unfortunately, I'm still striking out on getting interviews. A lot of the guys just want to talk at the racetracks. And I had an interview with, uh, Cole Wayman set up for Friday night at I-80 Speedway and it was just hot and miserable. And by the time I got down into the pits after all the post-race stuff, uh, most people were packed up and Cole just said, can we just do it tomorrow? And at Eagle. And I said, yep, no problem. That kind of suits me a little bit better. I'm just not really prepared right. So kind of went back to Eagle and then Saturday night storms happened and everyone boogied out of Eagle so quick. So still working on getting Cole Wayman up on the show and, uh, and do an interview with Cole, but uh, hang tight. We'll be getting him in here hopefully in the next week or two, but uh, no well, interview for today. I know there was plenty of beer there. Where? At I-80 and at Eagle. Uh, I didn't drink. I actually did not. Wait, did I? Did I? No, I didn't. I didn't have a beer set, uh, Friday night at I eighty. Really? Yeah, I did drink some whiskey in the booth on Saturday though, because it was the the storm was over. There was a huge line of people to get out, and James was kind of sitting there. And he's like, "Well, what are we going to do?" And I said, "Crack open a bottle of whiskey. Let's just." So we waited for forty five minutes for the crowd to clear out. Yeah, it's a good thing I didn't come down because I kept thinking about it, but I didn't. Yeah, uh, I get all right. down this week though. Uh, I eighty, or well, you're definitely not coming to I eighty. That was a dumb question because I eighty's not running on Friday. Uh, but so you'll be down at Eagle. Are you working at Eagle? I'm a guest employee. All right. Putting you back to work. Is this your first time working at Eagle since your operation? No, I worked a couple weeks ago. Remember? No, I don't. Cause I was, I think I was gone. No, you were there because, uh, I'm trying to think who the guy you had right as I walked in the gate to go punch the time card, you were walking past me with somebody and you said, what are you doing here? I said, well, I'm wearing the same shirt you're working. So I'll give you one guess. Are you sure? I don't remember this at all. <laughs> it was the uh, night that it, they ran like the one B feature or something. Then it rained. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. We that was the around for an hour and a half or so. And yeah, that was the, the week before um, that was the week before the silver dollar nationals. Yeah, that could be. Okay. All right. Yeah, well, let's, let's just cover some news. There's a couple of topics I wanted to talk about some local news. I uh, wanted to start off and say uh, thoughts of prayers going out to the Jackson family, Dan Jackson. Not the driver number three stock car, but the 
is it the father to Jared Jackson? And I believe the uncle to Tyler Jackson, but I'm always mixed up on these uh, family, uh, family trees. So yes, it is the father to Jared Jackson. Uh, Jared's a local driver around here. Uh, Dan went in on Monday for some tests on cancer. Haven't heard yet. So, um, but I did see Jared posted some pictures and I got the feeling that things in that test did not come out well. Uh, so I'm just going to, I just wanted to send out our thoughts to, uh, to the Jackson family is um, another person could be diagnosed with that nasty C word and dealing with that horrible stuff. So that's uh, never good. I don't care who you are. I I wouldn't wish that on anybody. So, right. I know, I I know Mike, uh, a push truck, Mike's been going through it and he's been pretty, uh, pretty good about communicating everything that's going on with him. And I mean, I just, I know that the, 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 the theory behind beating cancer is just so backwards. It just, it's a terrible thing to go through because the chemo treatment just basically floods your body with poison enough to the point where it kills the cancer cell. And the hope is that it kills enough cancer cells that your body's able to get the upper hand. But the problem is you're poisoning your body and you feel, you just feel terrible for a couple of days afterwards. Oh yeah. uh, If not a day afterwards. It's not fun. I mean, and there's, there are, I I should say there are various types of chemo Mm -hmm. because my mom went through chemo and she had one of them that, you know, she never lost a hair, but almost every chemo treatment for breast cancer. And there's several because there's several different kinds of breast cancer. Almost all of them include losing the lady, losing her hair. Yeah. So, you know, it just depends exactly what you got, but it, it destroys your immune system. You know, it takes a long time to get that back. That's why, you know, uh, I mean, I don't have an immune system, so, and I never will again, uh, but it's different on me. Yeah. Cause you know, the, the pills you take, sub, uh, suppress your immune system, right? So that way your immune system doesn't attack your, uh, your alien kidney, my spare parts, right? <laughs> you yep. literally do have a spare tire. Don't you? I, uh, <laughs> I got a spare semi tires. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just uh, looking through Jared Jackson's Facebook page, there is a GoFundMe account set up uh, to help with uh, some of the medical bills that uh, Dan is going to be facing. So if you'd like to, we can uh, I can share that out on the Fred Stretch's Facebook page, or you can just go to Jared Jackson's Facebook page. See, it's GoFundMe.com. See if there's a easy hyperlink. Doesn't look like it. Uh, I didn't search. Know there was such thing as an easy hyperlink. There can be. A lot of times they'll do like GoFundMe.com slash you know, like Facebook is facebook.com slash the, uh, is it the front stretch or just, yeah, it's the front stretch is how you just go right to our page without dealing with anything else. Facebook.com slash the front stretch. Uh, but GoFundMe is a little bit longer than that. It's like Daniel Jackson family medical fund is what you would search if you can't find it on our Facebook page or find it on Dan Jackson's Facebook or, uh, Jared Jackson's Facebook page. So, uh, stay strong guys, tough deal. Uh, those guys dealing with that, uh, cancer possible cancer diagnosis and uh dealing with those medical bills so all right uh should we talk other news or do you want to get right into the results from Watkins Glen well let's go ahead and talk about some other news because there's some interesting stuff and it's been a very good week for me to be in Facebook jail let me <laughs> tell you the stupid stuff I have been reading on the NASCAR sites is just ridiculous Let's talk about a couple of them because I'm I may have missed them. I've, I've been kind of I haven't been in Facebook jail yet. Fingers crossed. Knock on wood. 
toss salt over my shoulder, walk outside, turn around three times and spit. But, um, so, but I've been kind of off Facebook when it's not race day. And it's, uh, you know, uh, of course we've talked about it here that, you know, Matt DiBenedetto's lost his ride in the 21, Yeah. you know, and basically all the upper tier rides are full. And like you said, he's got a better chance of lining a better ride in the Xfinity series, which he does, yep. um, than what he's going to get in the cup series. Any ride he'll get now in the cup series, if it's a win, it'll be by accident. Like Justin Haley's deal at, I think it was Talladega a couple of years ago. Yeah, maybe a fuel mileage or a uh, rain, rain shortened race. Yeah, yeah, Justin Haley's deal was both. He was off sequence on pit stops. And so he was able to stay out. Everybody else had to pit. And then the rain came, so he won the race. And, hey, you won. You won. I'm not taking that away from the guy. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it was a fluke, you know. Um, and that's where Matty D would end up. And he's got more talent than that. I agree. Um, so he might be able to go back into the Xfinity Series and get a, a one- or two-year deal. I Again, I don't know what kind of sponsorship he, he's got with him. Uh, we all know how important that is. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, the article the other day said he's finally admitting it to himself that the cup series might not be where his career continues. Yeah. That is what the article was about. Exactly what we've been talking about, about him going the Xfinity series. And, uh, you know, and some people are coming to his, or trying to come to his defense, you know, and mm-hmm. others are just saying he's never won. And that's true. He hasn't. Right. Michael Waltrip didn't win for 461 starts, I think, you know, and then he won a handful of races. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, everybody, you know, uh, went to the Bubba Wallace situation. Well, he's never won either. And, of course, well, the owners, you know, one of the owners is black. And just on and on and on, you know. Yeah, and that's just unfortunate because it just goes to show you that there is still racism. When you got to play the black card, just because Michael Jordan's black doesn't mean he's automatically going to sign a black driver. I mean, it, it sounds like they're going to have a second car next year. And by the, by just sheer numbers of African-Americans that are in the sport, it's more than likely that second driver is going to be a, a white male. I mean, well, it's just the play, play numbers game. But when you got to go to the race card, you lose the argument right away. Cause if that's your only argument, you're just showing your ignorance. Right. And I mean, we all know that that, that second car is about 99% signed with Kurt Busch. It's yeah. not a secret. Yeah. You know, it's about as big a secret as, as Brad Keselowski going <laughs> to Roush. Wait, what? <laughs> Brad Kay's going to Roush? <laughs> but no, I mean, oh, it, it was just on and on. And of course they named other drivers, but the other drivers that they're complaining about are in this lower tiered equipment. Mm-hmm. You know, Matt doesn't want to do that. Well, I didn't no, we deal with the, the same thing set. with, with Landon Castle. We were talking to him and he was trying to stay in the cup series and Landon at one point in one point in time said, I would rather retire than race in the Xfinity series. Well, then it became more and more apparent that there just wasn't a ride available for him. And before you knew it, he signed and, and raced some Xfinity series races. It, it's just a natural progression in some, in, in driver's careers. Some of them get to choose. Nope. I'm done. I'm retiring. Other ones get shuffled down into Xfinity series or the truck series and, and then retire years later. Uh, it's just the natural progression of things. And it's unfortunate because you and I are obviously in the same boat. We agree. Matt DeBenedetto has got the talent that he can race and be competitive in the cup series, but it just simply comes down to number of quality seats, you know, and you know, a lot of people think that's a second tier car 
Boy, if that's a second tier car, it is the top second tier <laughs> car. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Ryan Blaney was able to win in that thing several times. Exactly. And that's what a few people said, you know, that came in and, you know, they weren't necessarily knocking on Matt, you know, mm-hmm. but everybody says, well, he hasn't won, you know, or nobody can win in that car. And so he's well, Ryan Blaney did. And, right. uh, oh, who was the other one that got his win in the Daytona 500 in that car, like 2011 or 2012. Oh. I can't, the guy that went out with the, the, I don't know, he's got a brain tumor or some deal. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, I can't yeah. Right uh, Dang, it's right there on the tip of my tongue. I can, I can picture the kid. Oh, yeah. Uh, bl- uh, uh, bluff. Starts uh, with Bain. a B. Bain. Trevor yeah, Bain. Trevor Bain. There you go. Ooh. Yeah. Man, I knew tired. it started with a B, but all I kept coming up with was Blaney. <laughs> I'm so tired. That took so much effort. <laughs> <laughs> take a sip of whiskey. You'll I'm be gonna all take, right. I'm going to take a nap. You take up the show for the next 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm going to recover. Uh, no, I mean, I, uh, I like Matty D. I've talked to him. I, uh, we've interviewed him, but I've mm-hmm. actually sat, you know, and, and got five minutes with him just standing on pit road at Kansas Speedway. Super nice guy. Very likable. Um, presents himself well. Yeah. Um, I think that's you know, one of the one of the bigger things he has going for him. If I could sell sponsor, if I was selling sponsorship of the Cup Series, I would want to be his salesman because I, I think I could sell him fairly well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. I mean. All you got to do is play that interview a couple of years from Bristol. The guy had his heart on his sleeve. Yeah. You know, he was so close mm-hmm. and in an underfunded car. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it just sucks. Cause if more, if more teams were able to take a flyer on a driver, just say, you know what? Sponsorships are coming in. We can take a risk. Let's sign this kid. I think it'd be a different situation, but we live in a completely different world than we did five years ago and 10 years, 10 years ago. Heck, we almost live in a completely different world than we did a year and a half ago. Oh, and we do. Sponsorship dollars are so critical and so finite that yeah, you've really got to be a flash in the pan and make a huge statement right away in order to really secure anything. I mean, if you look no further than the five car at Hendrick Motorsports, that car is not fully funded. Hendrick has mentioned that several times. He has said the car is uh, there are sponsors interested in full funding for 2022, but it's there's nothing on paper yet. They've got some sponsorship lined up. That is the winningest driver in the Cup Series right now. The most. That's the winningest driver in the nation in anything. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You know, that guy won the uh, El Capitani deal the other night. Yeah, the Capitani Classic. Yeah, you know, and, uh, you know, he's going to yeah. be a pretty good bet to win this coming Saturday. He's. I was just going to double check my, yeah, the numbers, but yeah, he is the winningest driver in the cup series right now. Five wins to three wins. He's the hottest driver in the country and he's at one of the top tier organizations and they can't find enough sponsorship dollars to fully fund him. Now that doesn't mean that he's going to be out of a ride. Hendrick is going to make the dollars work to keep him in that ride. And hence the contract extension. But I guess that's just my whole point of this whole thing is even when you're Kyle Larson doesn't mean you could be fully funded. Well, Kyle Larson and a lot of companies woke opinions is still a black eye. Let's face it. You know, it's, uh, it's not a secret. There are definitely companies that are not going to associate with him. That's just all there is to it. And there are other companies. It's a, it's a a mistake. Let's roll. You know, let's go move on. Uh, All right. I wanted to talk about some penalties that came out Sunday morning. uh, It was announced that the nine car of Chase Elliott. Oh, yeah. We're talking penalties. Penalties. And the 
20 car of Christopher Bell. So the nine car at Hendrick and the 20 car at Joe Gibbs Racing. Uh, let's see, failed Watkins Glen pre-race inspection. I believe they both failed twice, and I believe it was for the exact same thing. I was trying to find the article that explained what happened, but it had to do with the, um, the way that the air came off of the rear window. It was manipulated, and so they were both hit with an L1 penalty. Both crew chiefs were ejected from the speedway. They were both fined $25,000, and they lost 10 driver and owner points for both cars. Uh, so the penalty was rule 20.4.8.3.A and 20.4.8.3.B, rear window air deflectors. And that's all I got. Yeah, I don't know if that's the um, the side piece. You know, it looks like a shark fin. Mm-hmm. You know, I, that's the only rear window deflector that there technically is. So it's, my, it's my guess is that that was mounted wrong or had some type of a little lip on it or a bend to it or something. Yeah. It's odd to me that, that the Watkins Glen post-race penalty uh, PDF where they list all the penalties that came out of the racetrack that weekend does not list this at all. But Uh, the post from NASCAR on Sunday morning said both drivers were assessed a 10 point penalty, $25,000 fine and their crew chiefs were ejected from the speedway. And they were moving to the rear. And maybe I thought the post-race penalties just covered the actual race. Maybe. And maybe because it was a pre-race deal that Correct. the statement had already been made, so they didn't need to add it to it. But just to round things up in the Cup Series, uh, Kyle Bush's crew chief, Ben Bashur, and Anthony Alfredo's crew chief, Seth Barburn, Barber, Barber, B-A-R-B-O-U-R. I would say Barber. Okay. Uh, we're both fined $10,000 for lug nut violations. So they had one loose lug nut on the car. I wish my crew chief would have got fired or run over on pit road or something. <laughs> Who'd you take? Who do you think I took? I don't know. I didn't even get to watch the race. Brad Keselowski spun out ball oh. all by himself three different times. Oh, that reminds me how bad Brad drove. <laughs> that was, yeah. what was with his car? I mean, that's not odd comment. It's something that had to been wrong with his car. Well, they just had the brake bias all done wrong and when they tried to mm. fix it it just you know went too far or screwed it up the other way or something so there was just something way off on the car is exactly it mm. um but, uh yeah i mean before pocono i was in the top five and now i'm sitting 30th so, oh my lord really well i missed the one race with pocono yeah so even even if i have a middle of the pack 20 point day type thing i'm probably still in the top 20 but yeah, I went from like 19th to 30th or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you're here. sitting right at 30th. Oh, well, I know I am. <laughs> don't worry. You're still in front of me. <laughs> yeah, well, I was actually hoping to have a good finish. And I mean, I've got good drivers left. You know, if I wouldn't have been, if I'd have been the top 16, I never would have taken Keselowski. Yeah. Well, that's you not know? a bad bet, though. Brad's pretty dang good at, at Watkins Glen. Well, he's he's run second three times. He's never won on a road course. Yeah. But I figured he's starting on the pole. Wait, what? He's never won on a road course? Are you sure about that? They made a big point of it at the beginning of the race the other day. So, yeah, I am sure. I wasn't really? before. But he'd run second three times at the Glen. Huh. Um, you know, and he said he likes the track, you know. I mean, but uh, he was hoping to get that monkey off his back. And he looked good the first five or six laps. I mean, he was out front and leading and wasn't a whole lot going on. You know, they were just kind of all riding around. You know, the yeah. times were all identical, but they kept talking about right front lockup. 
when he'd uh, go into turn one and, uh, you know, they, I don't know, one of the guys says, yeah, the spotter's talking to him about it and they're working with the brake bias. And then he got down, I don't know, to turn seven or whatever and uh, spun himself out, you know, had too much rear brake and looped her around. Was that the time he took out his teammate? No, no, no. That was, that was a bunch later, but that was the third spin out by himself. And that mm. ended up losing him a lap and then he got ended up uh dropping another lap so i think he finished 30 he was the last car on the track let's put it that way Oof. 37th Ouch. or 36th two laps down so yeah uh let's see uh he was yeah 35th uh he was not the last car on the racetrack that was garrett smithley oh. so he finished oh, so 35th by smithley yeah okay so he passed at least but, one driver <laughs> i mean he finished first stage like an 11th uh, oh yeah you know, so I thought he was still going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah, that that didn't go very far. Hmm. I wonder if that brake bias overheated his brakes or warm out or something. No, he just adjusted it too far and moved the hmm. bias too much. So instead uh, of having front brake lock up, he had the back brakes lock up. Kyle Larson says Christopher Bell has not been responding to any of Kyle Larson's attempts at an apology. Uh, said that Christopher Bell is not willing to talk to him after their issue at Watkins Glen. And by issue, I mean... Kyle kind of bumped into Christopher and ruined well, Christopher's day. He didn't kind of bump into him. And I'm more, I'm more on uh, the announcer side. You know, I watched it and I watched the 45 replays of it. Yep. Uh, but Kyle had the inside. And like the announcer says, there's no place for Kyle to go. He's all the way up on the rumble strip. There is nowhere for him to go to the right, except for the grass. And Bell tried to pinch him down. Bell blocked him once on the front straightaway and about crashed both of them. Yeah. So Bell needs to, you know, put his big boy panties on and, and take half the blame on that deal at least. When has but that ever happened for a driver to take now, half responsibility? Every now and then it does. <laughs> you know, when they're blatantly wrong, they'll take yeah. half the responsibility. That, that might be uh, true. You know, Kyle said, he goes, I wasn't up far enough. If he would have given you room, nobody would have crashed. Yeah. That's just what the announcer said. He's got to give him room. Larson uh, says, I reached out and I reached out and tried uh, speaking of trying to apologize to, to Christopher, but I guess he's not willing to talk to me, which is kind of whatever. I think any adult in the field would have at least had a conversation with you, but he doesn't care to. So we'll move on from it. And if he wants to get me back, that's fine. Whatever. I'm not going to worry about it. If it makes him sleep better at night to ignore me and want to crash me or whatever, so be it. Surprised coach hasn't jumped into the middle of that deal and told him to get get on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Joe's really good about kind of moderating that kind of stuff. Well, he wants he wants everything in the rearview mirror. He wants yeah. it over with. Let's sit down, he, talk about it, and move on. I mean, listen, you think he had any conversations with Matt Kenseth after the Joey Logano thing a few years ago? I mean, after um, the after the thing at Kansas, do you think maybe? I'm sure, I'm sure they had a talk after Kansas because it didn't work. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> we, know, we know I, later I, it didn't work. Joe's a competitive person, you know. He didn't win Super Bowls in the NFL by not being competitive. Yeah, um, I don't think he wanted that type of retaliation, but you know, Joe knew the retaliation was going to come, and there was no way he was going to stop it. Yeah but I don't think he expected him to destroy a car when he was a lap down type deal. Uh, you know, if hadn't have been a lap down. Oh, that would have never happened. Yeah. Probably not. Or it would have been later in the race. It wouldn't have happened at that point in the race. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, moving on, sad news, Bob Jenkins, veteran radio and television broadcaster, former voice of the Indianapolis 500, uh, passed away earlier this week. Uh, I got news of it, and I, I'm, again, I'm not an indie fan, so I didn't know who it was, but uh, I assume, Dirk, you know, you know all about Bob and, and what he's done. Oh, yeah, well, back, uh, ESPN used to uh, run stuff, uh can't remember what racetrack they were at. They ran some midget stuff and they called it Saturday night thunder. It was mm. live racing every week. And it was, I don't remember if it was Winchester speedway in Indiana. That's where they ran that show out of, but he was the voice of that show. And that ran for several years. Um, but yeah, I'm, you know, very familiar with him. He was a, uh, open wheel type stuff. He didn't, you know, you didn't see much around any NASCAR deal or anything like that. Yep. But, uh, no, he was a good announcer. Um, I had never read or heard anything um, as to what happened. You know, was he suffering from cancer for the last couple of years? Yeah, I, I apparently mean, it was a, uh, what was the word they used? Virulent strain of cancer. Okay. Whatever that is, you know, mm. I, I don't think I've ever heard that term before. But. Aggressive, I think, is is probably an, another way to put it. Okay. Well, it might've been something then that was just shortly diagnosed, you know, it might only been diagnosed a month ago and just tore him up, you know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, you know, I hadn't read anything, oh. you know, he was tiring or. I totally read that word wrong. Valiant. Uh, he died at the age of 73 on August 9th after a valiant fight with cancer. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You kind of got that one just a little wrong. Just a little off, but I heard you correct yourself. So we're good. Uh, Jimmy Johnson says he would strongly consider running NASCAR, uh, running NASCAR race. Wait, that's not proper English. Jimmy Johnson, by the way, I just, this is totally left field. I want to let everybody know that the term, no, you cannot is N O no. If you want to know something, it is N O W K N O W. I was going to say, huh? I have had, I've seen way too many people put on Facebook, just so you know, N-O. It's learned English, people. And I just got done mispronouncing a word. <laughs> there, 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 Dan. It'll here's, be okay. Uh, here's the statement. Oh, Dirk, it's going to get worse. Hang on. I'm Jimmy sure. Johnson would strongly consider running NASCAR race if right opportunity comes along. So he must be talking about just one race. If NASCAR um, adds just uh, the question from... A reporter for the Charlotte Observer says, if NASCAR adds a street race, would you come back to the series? Jimmy Johnson laughs and says, I'm open. More than anything, I'm trying to keep my race count around 20 races a year with my road course, street course, and IndyCar, and then four IMSA races I'm running for Action Express Racing. I'm right at that 20 race mark, so I'm open. If a good opportunity comes along, I would strongly consider it. Okay, so... <laughs> if, if nascar added a street race jimmy johnson would do it he's not pining to come back to nascar is now that i've read his actual statement i'm i wonder if that was written by the lincoln journal star oh no charlotte Observer. <laughs> so okay anyways uh not surprised uh the only person it seems like isn't interested in coming back and racing in nascar is carl edwards to be yeah. farm. well he's also said that you know um his recording uh I don't know. It was uh, very early in the spring. I want to say March um, where he uh, was interviewed on uh, race hub and he was seemed kind of interested in a one-off deal. Yeah. 
All right, uh, let's talk Watkins Glen results. Uh, no shocker here. Kyle Larson gets his fifth win on the season. Chase Elliott brings it home in second. Good uh, return for him. Um, obviously, starting in the back with that penalty, finished eighth in stage one. Talking about Chase Elliott again. Finished outside the top 10 in stage two. I would assume that stage probably ended during some sort of strategy that they were shuffled back. Yeah, yeah. That There was a lot of... Um different strategies going on as far as you know pit stops and everything else mm -hmm. trying to get track position uh let's see martin trucks jr in third kyle bush in fourth danny hamlin fifth william byron christopher bell kevin harvick chase briscoe tyler reddick rounded out your top 10 bad days we already talked about brad keselowski daniel suarez finished 31st eric jones 27th ryan newman 25th newman's never really been much of a road course racer he was the uh, first car a lap down yeah. Now, if Ryan Newman didn't have all the sponsor backing that he's got, that would be a ride Maddie Maddie D might have a shot at. Yeah. But Ryan's well, no. got all the sponsors in his back pocket, so he ain't going nowhere. Well, and it, it, because we know Brad's taking over that six car, and uh, I think I don't know. I don't remember if they're trying to find Ryan a, a part time deal or if he's got a full time contract or what. I think he's only got a one year deal this year with uh, Roush Fenway. Oh yeah. He's been on a year to year since he went over to Roush. <clears throat> so we'll see what happens there. If they're able to scare up and you know, they may be able to, to get enough sponsorship dollars together with Brad coming over, bringing maybe some of the sponsors with him that uh, they'll be able to have. I think they're just running two cars right now, right? Yes. The six and 17. So they may be able to have a third car again. Uh, but anyways, Newman finished 25th on the day. Joey Logano 22nd on the day. Uh, he's another one that's usually a pretty good favorable road course pick. Started on the front row. Yeah. Uh, one stage one, ninth in stage two, 22nd on the day. I ended up taking Christopher Bell. I wish I kind of wish I wouldn't have because, again, that 10-point penalty kind of hurt me a little bit. He got 39 points from Watkins Glen, but I'll end up getting 29 points after the penalties. That's uh, all he'll get, too. I think he's less worried about it than I am. I got to get out of the 40s. Get into those top 20s. They might have they might have penalized. I mean, since it was pre-race, they might have taken the penalty points away before he ever started the race and still got 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. I'll have to going. see if see what they gave me for that race on uh, NASCAR pools online. Oh, they'll give you 29. No, they gave me 39. Really? Huh. They cheated. Yep. You got the fix in. Uh, <laughs> I'm quitting. You got the fix in over here. I've, if I've got the fix in, I, I should be better than 46. Well, you're just not good at fixes. That's true. It's like I always told people whenever they'd say, well, NASCAR is all rigged. And I said, if NASCAR was rigged, Dale Earnhardt Jr. would have five championships. Probably. Yeah. Most popular driver in the sport is going to have them, going to have a ton of championships. All right. Anyways, uh, so that was Watkins Glen. Coming up this Sunday, the race is at, dear God, Piper just ran into her kennel. Like not ran through the doorway. She slammed into the door head first. Very now she's looking dog. at it going what yeah what happened all right uh sunday's race is at indianapolis motor speedway it's the road course kicks off at noon central time make sure your picks are in on time the broadcast is on nbc the radio is internet uh, ims radio and sirius xm don't worry if you listen on a radio station in your area ims is going to be broadcast on that station just like prn is and just like mrn is there's another racetrack that has their own uh, broadcast system, don't they? Is that that has that? Hmm. I'm not sure. Dang it. There's one other track that has that. There's four broadcast partners, IMS, 
and this other one only have their one race. But anyways, all the uh, action will be on the big screens at Quaker Steak and Lube and Council Bluffs. Get over to the Lube today. Enjoy some great wings, great beer. Uh, Thursday, Classic Car Cruising. Looks like the temperature is going to cool off just a little bit. I don't expect the humidity to be gone quite yet, but it uh, looks like it's going to be a high of 89 for Thursday. So, uh, oh, and possible rain showers on Thursday night to bring that humidity back for Friday. Woohoo! Uh, oh, it looks like only 68% humidity on Thursday during the day, 72 at night. So it actually won't be too bad. Be a beautiful day to get off the classic car cruise, and I bet it's going to be packed. Yeah, I think it will be. I mean, uh, last week when it was a little warm, there was uh, they were short a few cars, but yeah. Uh, so again, Indianapolis Motor Speedway. It's the road course race practice is going to be Saturday at uh, 10:05 a.m. It's going to be an hour long practice. You can watch that on the NBC Sports app, and then they're going to qualify Sunday morning at 8:05 a.m. And that is uh, our time. They're going to qualify 9.05 local time in Indianapolis. And that qualifying will be held on CNBC and the NBC Sports app. So then we'll get qualifying uh, the results posted on the NASCAR pools online.com. And, and you guys can pick your put, put your picks in. You can pick them in now, but they're done. The, uh, the drivers are listed alphabetically rather than by uh, qualifying position. Because, again, we won't have that until, what, probably 9.30. 30 Sunday morning. If uh, qualifying's um, at eight Oh five, usually it takes about an hour. Yeah, roughly. And it you kind know, of depends it, on how depends long, on how much, depends on how much post qualifying inspection they decide to do. Right. So again, uh, 15 laps for stage one, 35 laps for stage two, 82 laps for uh, stage three and 200 laps total. So again, that's when the stage breaks are going to be lap 15, lap 35, and then the end of the race on lap 82. That's uh that's an odd setup for what NASCAR would normally do, but right. Uh, double. Yeah. That, that last length is uh, be a fun one. Uh, again, well, Chase normally Elliott. The first, normally the first two stages are about the same. Right. Well, and they kind of are, I guess what 15 and 20. So stage one will be 15 laps. Stage two should be about 20 laps and it'll end on lap 35. Which actually means stage two will be about 15 laps of racing because they'll have about five laps of yellow before they get going. All right, one other thing I wanted to talk about, Dirk, I don't know how much you paid attention on the Eagle Raceway Facebook page, but um, got a little frustrated. I got a little frustrated at a Eagle Raceway fan, who I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that in uh, podcasting air quotes fan, uh, because obviously there was rain showers in the area on uh, Saturday. Quite a few no. racetracks got rained out. There was some storms that were coming, and as happens – Every race day that there is a slight chance of rain in any part of a 40 mile radius of a racetrack, maybe even 50 mile radius of a racetrack, uh, fans tend to message the raceway page. Hey, are you guys racing? Are you guys racing? Are you guys racing? Uh, if you guys want to know if, if a racetrack is racing, subscribe to their text blast. That is a great way because they are going to tell you as soon as they make a decision to rain out. And people were asking, when are you guys going to make a decision to rain out? And with permission from the racetrack, I replied back very simply. We will decide to make it. We will make a decision on when the racetrack decides to rain out. When Mother Nature decides to rain, we will not will not be canceling the races on a chance of rain. That's just not the way Roger Hayden does things at Eagle Raceway. He will fight to keep the racetrack, and then once he has decided the racetrack has been lost, then he will make a decision. But um, they're not going to call it on a. And it was like a sixty percent chance of rain at eight o'clock, which, by the way, is not a hundred percent chance of rain. And by the way, even when it's a hundred percent chance of rain. It may not be raining at Eagle Raceway. Can you tell I got frustrated? A little bit. 
here's what the the fan did uh, in the conversations about it's race day. Yes, we are racing. Tickets are available. Yes, we're racing. It's not raining at the racetrack. He decided to screenshot the radar and post it on the Facebook page uh, on the conversations and say to all of you drivers, here's what's going on. And that just really kind of set me off because over the top of Eagle Raceway was some green cloud, was some green area of the radar. Absolutely looks like it's raining at Eagle Raceway. And it was not raining at Eagle Raceway. And it, 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 then I looked at the crowd later that night. It was probably about half the crowd we normally have. There was probably 25 missing cars from the pits throughout the five different classes. And whether the rain itself kept drivers away or he did it, he certainly didn't help. And that just absolutely infuriated me because every butt in seat counts. Every pit pass counts to keep the racetracks open, to keep them going. And for people to post those kinds of things, I'm just, I'm at a complete loss of words of why you would do that. I don't understand how that would help anything. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's just people being stupid. Um, that kind of falls into the spot um, where people, I don't know, try to better themselves by tearing other people down. Maybe. I don't know if he was just trying to be the one that got the news first, trying to be the one with the information, whatever, but there's no way I can look at that situation and say, boy, that really helped out Eagle Raceway. That was a big help to the racetrack. I can't make the connection. Maybe I'm just not smart enough. I don't know. But <laughs> posting the pictures of a of the screenshot of a radar showing green over the top of the racetrack, that there was no way that didn't that didn't. I can't see there was any way that that helped the racetrack and that only hurt the racetrack that drivers looked at that and said, oh, we're not going to pack up our cars and, and, and drive down there. And fans said, I'll just stay at home. We'll get it next week. That's just, well, how was the car count? We had, no. I couldn't tell you the exact number, but typically there's four B features and one C feature. Uh, there was one B feature. Okay. And I am going to throw sprint cars out of that because uh, several of our kind of our hit or miss sprint car guys and a couple of our regular sprint car guys uh, were Went down at Belleville. Belleville for the Belleville nationals. Yeah. I get that part. I'm not considering that. Uh, but typically there is a sport mod B sport mod C sport mod B modified B uh, and a uh, hobby stock B. And then on a regular night, there's going to be a sprint B, but I didn't count Saturday night. As Anyways, my point is when you guys are trying to help just, Keep in mind, racetracks are trying to sell tickets. And if a fan wants to come out to the racetrack, come out to the racetrack, but don't, don't freaking post screenshots of the radar. That just, that hurt. The, I cannot believe that didn't hurt the racetrack. Yeah. You know, like I said, it's, it's hard telling what people are thinking when they do that stuff. And uh, a good supporter of the racetrack or the, uh, of Eagle friend of mine and, and participate in the Pickham's contest, uh, Brandon Dredge. I sent him a message and said, what are you thinking? And he goes, we're going to be done racing before it hits. You're fine. Now he actually pays for professional apps and, and, and radars and, and knows his stuff. But this guy at two o'clock in the afternoon, posting screenshots of his free weather app just absolutely set me off. And when Brandon said, no, you're good. I knew we were going to be fine. And sure enough, it was a hectic night. They worked really fast, really hard to get everybody out of the racetrack to get the races done and I don't know if Dirk, if you saw the video that Eagle posted of the, uh, the a feature with the storm front that came through, that was cool, scary, but no rain. Yeah. I didn't see a video like that. I saw several people posted pictures on uh, Facebook of the impeding storm, so to speak. Yep. 
all the people that were posting pictures that said it's not it hadn't had a drop here everything's going north of the track and you know we're racing yeah. and not a drop at the racetrack just absolutely infuriates me that that yeah again i i could keep saying it but it just just because and i've i've talked about this on the race on the uh, on the show before i've talked about it in other air platforms eagle right eagle nebraska and greenwood nebraska are very close in proximity well 10 miles apart and i've had people that have posted oh well it's raining in eagle in greenwood nebraska and i'll reply back and i said well eagle raceway is not in greenwood nebraska and it's dry at the racetrack just because it's raining in your area does not mean it's raining at the racetrack. You want to know what's living. going on at the racetrack. Tech, subscribe to the text service. It's free. I don't know anybody who pays for text messages anymore, but text message rates could apply if you don't have unlimited texting. And a text will go out as soon as the racetrack is forced to cancel. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I get them from, you know, all the area tracks. Just, you know, let me know what's going on, even though I'm not going to too many races these days. I still get the information. Yeah, but, uh, I get them all the time too. I subscribe to every racetrack in this area. And as soon as they decide to cancel, I know about it. I take a screenshot of it and I post it on the front stretch Facebook page, but I'm not going to speculate ahead of time. If this racetrack's going to race or this one's going to get rained out because I know that turns away fans. I know absolutely know with my heart. It does. You know, I'm sure there's times, you know, I know how big Omaha is now spread out. It is there's times it's raining in three different spots in Omaha and sunny in the others. You know, so Absolutely. if it's raining 12 miles away, that's not here, you know. Absolutely. I mean, my family lives, what, 30 miles from us. And there's times we get a ton of rain. They get nothing. They hardly get anything. I'm like, what's it doing down there? Well, it's, it's sunny right now. Oh, well, we're, we're getting 40 mile an hour wind gusts. Storms can be very isolated and they can be huge. Just a side conversation. I always love zooming out on those apps and looking at the storm that's going from Michigan down to, you know, New Mexico. This huge swath of a storm that's rolling through our entire country. And it just kind of puts into perspective how small we can all be at times. A lot of things that do that. Are you, you said you're still in Facebook jail. Oh yeah. I got okay. uh, 19 more days, I think something like that. Okay. But can you, I, I shared it to your, to your, uh, I shared that video to your page. If you yeah, can, I can't uh, post anything. I can't comment on anything. I can't like anything. I still got messenger to work with. Okay. So if I get desperate, like I did earlier today, I went over and chewed on some guy on messenger. I just sent him a message and then he kind of come back. Well, uh, but, uh, but. <laughs> said, yeah, that's what I figured. But that, uh, that feature was that sprint feature was really cool. Cause knowing what I know now that everyone was okay. There wasn't any kind of major issue. That was just a storm front that was coming in. It was just the beginning of the storm that was happening behind it. But uh, as soon as the sprints rolled out, they, they fired the engines I got through the starting lineup, this breeze that was, I would guesstimate 25 to 30 degrees cooler than what it had been all day at the racetrack just came sweeping through the racetrack and it, it got comfortable again. Cause it was miserably hot all day at the racetrack humidity. And then just as the race ended now, this huge breeze of hot air comes back the other direction. And I'm kind of like, Oh, well, I think that's how tornadoes are formed. But luckily nothing <laughs> happened like that and uh, everybody got through. And I was at the racetrack for another hour and a half and it never rained. Now, as soon as I got, oddly enough, as soon as I got to Greenwood, Nebraska, I got rained on, but I didn't get rained on at Eagle, Nebraska, because it was well behind everything that happened uh, up farther up north. But that storm was fun to drive through and it was rather shocking to see some of the videos coming out of Omaha because of the amount of rain they got in such a short amount of time. All right. So what did we learn today? We learned 
that Matty D's kind of screwed. Yep. That the amateur weathermen are just as good as the professional weathermen. I, w- I would agree with that statement. <laughs> <laughs> that for whatever reason, the fact that we've been complaining about it for six plus years, there's still idiots on the racetrack pages. Yep. And that'll never change, you know, but that's why we don't bitch about it every week. We just pick and choose. Yeah. And uh, we also learned that Dan's going to finally get his ass in gear and get an interview next week. <laughs> we, I'm tired we of not that. talking to drivers. I, uh, I thought we learned that last week, but I was well, wrong. You learned it. I didn't. All right. I think that is going to do it for us today. Get out to Quaker Steak and Lube at Council Bluffs on Thursday for Classic Car Cruising. It's going to be a great time. I know you're going to enjoy it. Uh, enjoy the great wings. Enjoy the great burgers and the fresh pizza. And I highly suggest you enjoy a full-fledged, uh, let's see, I think they have the uh, Hibiscus Beauty on tap. Just get a full-fledged beer. They're amazing beers that are brewed right out of Council Bluffs, just about not even a, maybe a half a mile from, from Quaker Steak and Lube. Uh, and then make sure you get your picks in on time for the Indianapolis Road Course for the Rick Haven Ridge Pick'em's Contest. Find out what Rick can do for you today, rickhavenridgeadvice.com. Picks are due by noon on Sunday for Indianapolis. And if you need any computer advice, computer work, computer sales, you need a new laptop, you want to get rid of your old laptop, 402-659-5641. Tailored computers and repair will take good care of you. Uh, That's it, right, Dirk? Nothing else? That's it for now. Have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you next week where hopefully we'll finally have an interview after a a bit of a dry spell. Uh, Have a great week and uh, be safe. Get out to the racetrack and stop posting weather stuff on Facebook pages. Have a great week, everybody. Talk to you later. Every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you White Knuckle Racing by the River bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sKarting.com for more information. The official watering hole of the front stretch has you covered any day of the week with the best wings, great burgers, and amazing steaks. Each weekday from 4 to 6 is happy hour, featuring dollar off draft and well drinks plus $4 luberitas. Mondays are kids night. Tuesdays are all you can eat wings for $12.95. And the lube even delivers to the Council Bluffs area. Like Quaker Steak and Lube Council Bluffs on Facebook for a full list of weekly events. Get to Quaker Steak and Lube. Mid-America Drive, Council Bluffs.